Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كلام الله خير الهدى هدى محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار السلام عليكم ورحمه الله continuing from the book umdat al fiqh we're going to be continuing from Bab Salatul Jumu'ah or Salatul Jumu'ah. We're going to be continuing from the chapter of Salatul Jumu'ah. And this week, the Mu'allif, the author, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, covers Shurud Salatul Jumu'ah, the conditions of Salatul Jumu'ah, and the wajibat, the obligations of Salatul Jumu'ah. So it begins that from the Shurud of Salatul Jumu'ah, an yataqaddamaha khutbatan. That the Salatul Jumu'ah should be preceded by two khutbah. And what it means by two khutbah, as it will normally happen, is the Imam will give a khutbah, it will speak, and then he will sit down and he get up again. This is considered to be how many khutbah? Khutbatan. Two khutbah. That, it has to be preceded by two khutbah. And this issue here, Shibhul Ijma' is almost a consensus, something agreed upon by Akhtharu Ahlil Ilm, by majority of the scholars. Except for one of the ulama, Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah ta'ala. Hassan al-Basri, rahimahullah ta'ala, says, khutbatan, or inna al-khutbatayn, sunnah. That the khutbatayn, before the salat al-jum'ah, the two khutbah is a sunnah. So, law tarakaha al-imam, even if the imam was to leave it, you pray jum'ah, two rak'ah. But this is in opposition to the opinion of the majority of the scholars. In fact, it's in opposition to the order of Jumu'ah itself. And last week we said, when we begin anything, we begin with what? The definition of that particular thing. Secondly, hukmu, the ruling of that particular thing. Min al-Qur'an, min al-Sunnah, min aqwal al-Ulama. So what is the ruling? What's the proof of the ruling of wujub al-Jumu'ah? What's the delil of wujub salat al-Jumu'ah? What's the delil? Because once you know the delil, you know that the opinion of the Jumhur is correct. What's the delil for the obligation of Jumu'ah? You were there last week, right? Yes, what's the delil? And mashallah, you take notes every week. The ayah. Barakallah feek. The ayah in the Quran, in Surah Al-Jumu'ah. Surah Al-Jumu'ah itself. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا إِذَا نُودِيَ لِلصَّلَاةِ مِنْ يَوْمِ الْجُمَعَةِ فَاسْعَوْا So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala أَمَرَ بِالسَّاعِ Allah orders with what? To strive and to rush. فَالْأَمْرُ بِالسَّاعِ إِلَى شَيْءٍ يَدُلُّ عَنَا ذَلِكَ شَيْءٍ وَاجِبْ The fact that Allah ta'ala orders you to hasten to something, that means that particular thing is what? Wajib. It's obligatory. So what does Allah ta'ala order you to hasten to? فَاسْعَوْا إِلَى Dhikrillah, hasten to the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in the khutbah of Jumu'ah. That's number one. 
Number two, what is the purpose of Jumu'ah? The purpose of Jumu'ah, tajammu', to get people to meet, and also mu'idha, for exhortation, admonition. So if there's no khutbah, there's no admonition. And also the Prophet sallallahu alayhi kalam he prohibited for people to speak in the Jumu'ah. And the issue of kalam, what's the hukum of speaking in Islam? Mubah. It's permissible. And that which is permissible could not be made haram except for fulfilling a what? An obligation. Just like trading, buying and selling. Is it permissible in Islam? It's permissible. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the ayah, it says about bay. وَذَارُوا الْبَيْعِ Leave of trading. To prove that what? Jumu'ah is obligatory. And likewise here, it is impermissible to speak. Meaning the khutbah to Jumu'ah is what? Wajib. Obligatory. Other than these evidences, it's ijma' almost of the sahaba. Radiallahu anhum. And the tabi'in likewise. And that's why tawus. Wal'ata. And also mujahid from the tabi'in. And from the sahaba likewise. Umar bin Khattab. Aisha radiallahu anha. They used to say, Al-Khutbatain Bimaqam Raka'atain The two khutbah are like the two raka'ah of Duhur The first two raka'ah So when you do the two khutbah and you do the two raka'ah of Jumu'ah You don't know how many raka'ah? Four So the two khutbah, they take the place of the first two raka'ah of what? Al-Duhur To prove that the two raka'ah, the two khutbatain of Jumu'ah is wajib now, if the two khutbah Jumu'ah is wajib, it leads to some masa'in. What if, and I'm sure you've witnessed this before, Imam, he stands on the mimbar, and he only gives khutbah wahida. He forgets. What does he do now? Can he pray the salah to Jumu'ah as raka'atain or arba'a raka'at? Some of the scholars' opinion, to show the importance of this khutbah, he has to pray it as arba'a raka'at, dhuhran, because it's be khutbatain. It should be khutbatain. Some of the other scholars say no. If he does so, he still prays raka'atain for Jumu'ah ma'al ithm with sin. Because the shart of Jumu'ah, the condition of Jumu'ah is khutbah. Jayyid? But the wajib, the obligation is what? Khutbatain. What is the difference between shart and wajib? Condition. Shart is the condition. Shart is siha. That there's some things in Islam that is a condition of acceptability. And there's something which is an obligation. For example, the salah. Jayyid, one of the conditions for the uh, correctness of the salah, for example, the arkan of the salah, the pillars of the salah. So if you miss, for example, a raka'ah, in a raka'ah you miss standing, that raka'ah doesn't count at all. Whereas a wajib, like tashahud, the second tashahud is a wajib. If you miss it, you forget, the rak'ah still counts for you do sujood as sahu. So they say it's a wajib, but it's not a shart for the condition. So long as the khutbah itself is there, it is permissible. Okay, what about the musalloon? What if they miss the khutbah to Jumu'ah? So they catch the first rak'ah or the second rak'ah, but they miss khutbah to Jumu'ah. Can they play as two rak'ah or did they pray as four rak'ah at Dhuhr? Some of the ulama, they're of the opinion, the one that means khutbah to Jumu'ah, and he comes, he catches the salah, yusalliha, dhuhran, he prays it as dhuhr. And from amongst them is tawus, mujahid, and wu, atas. Uh, tawus, afwa, mujahid, and wu, atas. 
they of this opinion because they believe that the two khutbah is like the two khutbah, uh, the two rak'awat of dhuhr so they say you have to pray four some of the other ulama majority of them say if he catches just the salah he prays the salah and likewise the sahaba ibn umar ibn mas'ud and kadhalika abu hurair radiyallahu anhum that they used to say man adraka min al jum'ah rak'atan whoever catches a rak'ah from the jum'ah should add another one to it, meaning making two raka'ah. And this is the most authentic opinion, that if he catches the salah, he only prays two raka'ah. So the Mu'allif rahimahullah ta'ala says, he has to be preceded by two khutbah. Now he continues to mention the, uh, the shurut. He says, from the shurut, fi kulli khutbatin, hamidallah. In every khutbah, you should praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also, as-salah ala rasulihi. And to give salvation from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa qira'a ayah. And to read the ayah from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These three conditions, majority of the scholars of the opinion that is obligatory. And what is their proof? First and foremost, the hamd. They say, I will bring a hadith, Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu, in which the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Kullu amrin. Every single affair that does not begin with the praise of Allah is incomplete and void of barakah. Hadith Abu Hurairah But this hadith, hadithun da'if. But the scholars that say it's still obligatory, they bring the hadith of Jabir in which he said, كان خطبة النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم جمعة يحمد الله ويثني عليه that the khutbah of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم you praise Allah. Yani Hamid Allah Azza wa Jal. But the other scholars say, no. This is just the action of the Prophet. And his action doesn't prove that something is necessarily what? Obligatory. It just proves it's something it's preferred to do. And the issue of a salah upon the Prophet. Likewise, Jabir in the same hadith, but this is his action, but did he order you to do this? And thirdly, he mentioned an ayah from the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be recited. The same thing again. So these scholars, they have appointed that the purpose of the Jumu'ah is the mu'idha, and that which will benefit the people. These three things, they don't see as an obligation. However, the scholars say that although they have a point here, if you're in a country in which the people are used to these three things to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as-salah ala rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa qira'aya min al-qur'an they say if you're in such a country la yanbaghi lil-insan an ya'mal bihi idha kana ahlul balad yarawna al-qawl al-awwal if the people of that location believe it's a wajib you should do it if they believe it's obligatory you should do what? you should do those three things because some people according to the madhab they believe it's an obligation. So you should do it. Because what will end up happening is, people will leave the Jumu'ah. Imagine a khutbah to Jumu'ah, the imam stands up. Today, brothers, usikum. It doesn't feel usikum taqwallah. He just speaks. Takallam. No Allah. No salah al Prophet no ayam the Qur'an. Wa aqimu salah. He said, what will end up happening to the people? He said, the people will leave the Jumu'ah. And, and the people, yakhud bin al-Jumu'ah. Wa huwa yara annahu lam yusalli Jumu'ah. You think he's not praying Jumu'ah. Say, you know what? We have not prayed Jumu'ah. And this shows the fiqh of the ulama. 
that when people are ignorant of something, it's not obligatory for you to do that particular thing. Leave it alone. And by you doing it anyway, you're following the what? The sunnah. Like Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah ta'ala, when you make wudu, he used to go far away from the people. Why? Because he uses very little water. And the jahil, or the one that doesn't know, may think he doesn't have wudu. And Imam Abu Hanifa is going to lead us in salah. Likewise, the Prophet sallallahu when you go to the sunnah, when he wanted to build the foundation of the Kaaba upon the original foundation, he knew that if he did this, the Quraysh who are new to Islam, they'll say the Prophet وسلم, is destroying the what? The Kaaba. So he didn't do so and bring it back to the original foundation, the foundation of Ibrahim. So sometimes, if maslaha, if the benefit dictates that even if you know something is not obligatory, but because the people take it as beloved, just do it. And this is why we're Ahlu Sunnah wa Al Jama'ah. The people of the Sunnah and Jama'ah. But unfortunately, today, the people of the Sunnah in some cases become Ahlu Sunnah wa Tafarruq. The people of the Sunnah and division. Because the greatest characteristic of Ahlu Sunnah is to be united upon the truth. But the truth has different opinions sometimes. For example, eating camel meat. According to some madhab, he breaks your wudu. But Ahlul Sunnah wa Jama'ah, they say, if you believe eating camel meat as the Hanabila, they believe, the Hanbali school of thought, breaks your wudu. If you know the Imam has eaten camel meat and you believe he breaks wudu and the Imam doesn't believe that and he leaves you in salah, you still pray behind him in salah. To show the importance of ijtima'u al haq in that which there is valid difference of opinion. And there are many examples like this. Many, many examples to show that if you're in a place and that's what the people accept, even qira'ah of the Qur'an. In Nigeria, for example, when it comes to Fatiha, we say, Maliki Yawmiddin. Other parts of the world, they read, Hafs, Maliki Yawmiddin. So if I'm leading Salah in Qatar and the people don't know this qira'atain or Akhthami qira'ah, I shouldn't test them and say, Maliki Yawmiddin. It would be a fitna. They think they have no salah. So this is very, very important. If the imam is in a place people take it as being obligatory, in that case, he reads and he does, Alhamdulillah Azza wa Jal, Salah ala Rasulihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, wa kathalika ayah min al-Qur'an. And then the mu'allif rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned, wa kathalika al-mu'idha. He should admonish the people. Admonition. Now this admonition, the mu'idha of khutbatu jumu'ah, is something something which is a consensus and it should really and truly be not too long the best speech is that which leads you to the point and is short and is precise and the salah should be longer than the khutbah unless of course need goes to it for the salah or the khutbah sorry to be longer and the purpose should be to remind the people and it shouldn't just be any kalam you know somebody cannot just get on the mimbar and start talking about car showrooms or what he had for lunch. If he does so, it's not considered to be what? Khutbah to Jumu'ah. And the salah of raka'atayn ba'da dhalika batila. It has to be something that contains what? Admonition of the people and will benefit the people. The other condition of this mu'idha, it has to be said, yani, audibly. A person cannot get on the mimbar and give the khutbah to himself. And you'd be surprised that some people of the opinion, even amongst the ulama, even if he said it to himself and he prays, he could do so. 
But the purpose of the khutbah is what? For people to benefit and to be admonished. So it has to be what? Audible. The people should be able to hear the khutbah to a jumaah. Also from the condition, is standing, qiyam. To stand for khutbah to a jumaah. Because this is what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi used to do. And he says, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. And if you go to the description of the salat to Jumu'ah, the Prophet on the minbar, in the ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَتَرَكُوكَ qa'ima." They left you standing on the minbar. So it's wajib to stand for the khutbah to Jumu'ah. However, the first person to ever sit down giving khutbah to Jumu'ah was Mu'awiyah radiallahu anhu. They say, أَثْقَلَ عَلَيْهِ اللَّحَمْ When he increased in weight and he became old, he couldn't stand. Because in those days that we mentioned in the previous classes, is the leader of the Muslim that give the khutbah. Always. So he used to sit down and give it. So if someone was unable to do so, he could sit down and give the khutbah. But now, for the khutbah turn, if you're giving two khutbah, what does he do now? Because he's already sitting. What does he do now between the two khutbah? He just keeps quiet. And he keeps quiet. And the period of keeping quiet usually is the amount of time it takes you to read Surah Al-Ikhlas. It just keeps quiet. So it's permissible to give it during sitting down if you cannot stand up. And no one's indifference to the opinion set for in one Imam Ahmed, Rahimullahu Ta'ala. Also, he went on to mention that from the Sunnah, likewise, a Jumu'ah, Afwan, before going to the Sunnah, also, they mentioned from the condition that the khutbah to Jumu'ah was sahih annahu yajuz ilqa al khutbah bi ghayri al arabiyya. It's permissible to give the khutbah in other than the Arabic language. And the mu'allif or the, the sharih of this particular book, some of the ulama, they went as far as saying, bal yajibu an taqoom bi lughati al qawm. But it's in fact obligatory to be according to the language of the people. Forget being Arabic, it has to be. They said, wajib. It has to be. Because that which is the purpose of the khutbah is to admonish the people. But if you get on the minbar now and you speak in Arabic, yet the people don't understand Arabic, the admonition is not there. And you find this in many parts of the world where the only opportunity people receive once a week for admonition is that khutbah to Jumu'ah. You understand? And yet you find it gets on the minbar and in some cases, there's no effect because a person himself giving the khutbah doesn't even know Arabic. It's just something he's memorized and he's just saying it. And also, the people speaking to don't understand Arabic either. And yet, the insistence must be in Arabic. And in some parts, I've been there of Africa, the Imam gives a beautiful khutbah, mashallah. Some of them, they understand Arabic, mashallah. He's not even looking at paper, beautiful khutbah. And the people are like, mashallah, it's language, but they understood nothing. Zero. Zero. So he said it's actually wajib to be in that language. And it went on to say in the Sharh of Mumti' that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا مِنْ رَسُولِ إِلَّا بِلِسَانِ قَوْمِهِ We've not set a people except with the language of his people. With the language of his people. And I think here in Qatar Foundation they have simultaneous translation for the khutbah to a Jumu'ah. Now it's also important to understand the language of a people. With every language, there's nuances. Just because I may speak Arabic does not mean I understand the language of the people of Palestine, the language of the people of Saudi The language, of course, they'll understand general Arabic, but to get the message across sometimes, even in the English language, 
It should be somebody of either native speaker or native speaker proficiency. Because there's people that are not born in England, never been to England, but the English is just like any English person. Jayid? But some of the khutbah, subhanallah, that the only time people go for Jumu'ah, they just give this Imam a paper and he just reads it, no effect. Like you're from Birmingham, right? You have your slang, you have your nuances. Our Sheikh Shuja' is from Southwest London. There's a way you speak to people. You understand? And there's nuances in a language that you get the message across. You cannot go to some of these areas. Of course, I'm not expecting you to get on the mimbar and start freestyling and giving, just speaking in slangs. But sometimes it dictates and it necessitates because some of this language is not actually slang, it's a dialect. To speak a certain way to get the message across to the people. So say, wajib, because Allah Ta'ala did not send a prophet except with the language of their people. Jayid? And the khutbah itself, not something worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the utterance itself. Tayyib. Likewise, he says, Yustahabu an yakhtub ala mimbar. It is preferred, he gives the khutbah on a mimbar, like this mimbar we have here. In the time of the Prophet sallallahu he used to give the mimbar, or sorry, the khutbah on what? Initially, the, stop, the stump of what? Tree. And then it was said, Tamim al-Dari radiallahu built for him a mimbar, or some of the youth from Ansar. And that mimbar had how many steps? Three. And it was said, the Prophet sallallahu would stay on the first step. In the time of Bakr Siddiq radiallahu he would climb to the second level of the stairs, so the second step. And then time of Umar, the first step. And Ali radiallahu the third. As for after that, now later on, Banu Umayyah, they made it six. And none of the Sahaba rejected it, meaning it could be seven steps, eight steps, so long as the Imam could be seen. It doesn't matter how many steps it is. But the Sunnah originally is how many steps? Three steps. But it's not an obligation. So Yustahab, it is preferred that it is, is, is three steps, but it's not an obligation. Then he said, فَإِذَا صَعِدَ أَقْبَلَ When he gets on the mimbar, he turns to the people. فَسَلَمُ عَلَيْهِمْ And he gives them a salam. And there's a hadith, but the hadith is ضعيف. However, there's no difference in this. ثُمَّ يَجْلِسْ إِلَى فِرَاقِ الْأَذَانِ Then he sits down to the mu'adhin. He finished the adhan. And also, he went on to mention, ثُمَّ يَقُومْ إِلْمَامْ لِيَخْتُبْ خُطْبَةُ الْأُولَى The imam stands up for the first khutbah. Also in this, there's no difference of opinion. That the Imam is sits down for the khutbatain, between the two khutbah. And the length of time that I mentioned is the time it will take you to read Surah Al-Ikhlas. Then he does a second khutbah. Jayid. And then what does he do after that? Then he he gets down and prays raka'atain. And this raka'atain, he said, يَجْهَرْ فِيهِمَا بِالْقِرَاءَةِ He should read loudly. You cannot read quietly like you do it in duhr. It's obligatory to read loudly. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will read in those two raka'atain, سَبْحِ اسْمَ رَبِّكَ الْأَعْلَى سُرَةُ الْغَاشِيَةِ أو سُرَةُ الْمُنَافِقُونَ إِذَا جَاءَكَ الْمُنَافِقُونَ and سُرَةُ الْجُمْعَةِ أو you read سُرَةُ الْغَاشِيَةِ and Surah Al-Jumu'ah. This is how the Prophet will read it. And then he went on to say, فَمَنْ أَذْرَكَ مَعَهَا or مَعَهُ مِنْهُ رَكَعَ أَتَمَّهَا جُمُعَةً Whoever meets or catches a raka'ah, he stands up and pray another raka'ah as what? Jumu'ah. Two raka'ah. 
jayat, whoever meets it. Because the Prophet sallallahu said, man adraka raka'ah, whoever meets raka'ah has met the salah. That's for the people of the opinion that the khutbatain, he doesn't have to attend it. Or if he misses it, not that he have to attend it. If he misses it, it's not part of the salah. So if he makes one raka'ah, he could complete one raka'ah as Jumu'ah. And he said, وَإِلَّا يُصَلِّيهَا And if he doesn't meet one raka'ah, he doesn't, he catches a part of the salah, but doesn't catch a raka'ah, a ruku'ah, he prays it as dhuhr. And you find this many a times that people will come, the imams in tashahud, they miss the ruku'ah, the second ruku'ah. And they'll get up and pray to raka'ah. La, he has to pray it now as what? A salah of dhuhr. He doesn't pray a salah al-jumu'ah. And this is something which there's ijma consensus upon. If he catches a part of the salah and doesn't catch a ruku' or raka'ah in the salah, he prays it as dhuhr. And then want to say, If the time of Jumu'ah has come out, the time of Jumu'ah has left, and that's why when he came to the beginning of this bab, he said, Jumu'ah in its time. Not in the dukhul waqtiha, not when it enters. So Jumu'ah has, on the other salah, the asr, so long as it's maghrib is not entered, you could pray it. But Jumu'ah, you have to pray on its time. After that, you can't say, let's do a second Jumu'ah. You have to pray in its exact time, the time of Jumu'ah. Or naqas al-adad, or if the numbers are less for Jumu'ah. And we said this, or we mentioned this last week, that some of the ulama that said the least number for Jumu'ah is what? 40. Some say 12. And why do they say 12? Based on the ayah, that when the people left, and they left the Prophet on the member because saw the trade coming in, only 12 people stayed with him. But we said this happened coincidentally and not on purpose. So the least number for Jumu'ah is how many? Three. Three. So long as it's three, it's a Jumu'ah. It is a Jumu'ah. طيب. We said, And if the time has come out, it completes it as Salah Dhuhr. And if the time has come out, it prays it as Salah to Dhuhr. There's another mas'ala which he mentions here, which is, وَقَدْ صَلُّ رَكَعًا وَأَتَمُّهَا جُمْعًا They could pray a raka'ah of Jumu'ah and complete the other raka'ah as Jumu'ah if the time of Asr has come in. Meaning the Imam is on the mimbar. For example, in England, the times between Duhar, it's happened before, and Asr is so short. The Imam delays, and people remind him, Asr is about to come in. If he manages to catch just one raka'ah in the time of Duhar, and Asr comes in, he completes the second raka'ah as what? As Jumu'ah. However, if the time compounds completely, he has to pray as what? As Duhar. Unlike Dhuhr, if the time of Dhuhr comes out and you're in Asr, you still pray for Raka'ah. But Jumu'ah, you cannot do that. It has to be in its time. So if the Imam is on the member, remember, subhanAllah, Asr is almost coming in, or it's delayed for some reason. So long as he catches one Raka'ah in the time of Dhuhr, even if Asr comes in, he still prays only one Raka'ah. And then he went on to say, that, وَلَا يَجُوزْ أَنْ يُصَلَّ فِي مَصْرْ أَكْثَرْ مِنْ جُمُعَةً it is not permissible to pray in a particular town or city more than one Jumu'ah. Meaning here in Doha, for example, there should only be one Jumu'ah. Because we mentioned Jumu'ah, its definition is what? The gathering. That all Jumu'ah from all the different masjid, all the different congregations, they come to one place 
and pray. That it's not permissible to pray in one town, in one place, more than one Jumu'ah. And they brought many adillah for this. From the adillah, from the proofs that they brought of this, is that it goes against the wisdom of Jumu'ah. Because the Jumu'ah, it gathers congregation. And that's why I find in many masajid that you normally will pray in like this masjid, that if they do Jumu'ah, it's packed than more than it will normally be. Because the other mosques, they'll be closed for that Jumu'ah, Jayid, and there should only be one mosque for Jumu'ah. And from the evidence they bring, is that in the time of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that the only place they'll pray Jumu'ah, even though there was other mosques in Medina, was Masjid al-Nabawi, the mosque of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, on the other masajid, other mosque will be closed down. Be closed down. But he went on to mention, except of course if needs or necessitates it. And the one that gives the permission is the leader of the Muslims or representative body, like the Islamic Council, the Awqaf, the Minister of Religion, that look, there's a necessity. Necessity could be congestion or distance. That if it's too far from people from one area to go to another area, they say open a second one for Jumu'ah. Then if a third one is open, the Salah and the third one is what? Batila. Null and void. Jayid. And if there's a need for a third one, it is open. And the fourth one, if it's open, becomes what? If there's no need? Batila. The Salah. And you find this in a Muslim country. MashaAllah. The Jumu'ah is packed. It is packed. Because certain mosques on Jumu'ah, they don't do Jumu'ah, they close. Because one of the hikmah of the Jumu'ah is for the people to see the strength of the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and see us in our great numbers. And when you have one particular place like this, it is better. And it shows strength, it shows unity. Unity is very important. So in places whereby we don't have representative body like the ministry, everyone just doing their own thing. You understand? You know, everyone just does their own thing. You know, the land of no laws. So, for example, you know what? I don't like this khutbah. I'm going to rent a hall. Next to the master, I'm going to do my own khutbah. This happens. This happens. You know? And here, the ulama, they've not mentioned that the person has to belong to, belong to your own particular school of thought. So long as the obligation of Jumu'ah is there, because as we know in the past, the rulers were tyrannical. There was Ahlul Bid'ah. But yet, they'll go and sit there for the sake of unity, and everyone pray in one place. But as for you now to say, you know what, there's a master, the master doesn't even fall. But I don't like that person, or we have a difference. I'm going to go open my own masjid. Not even a masjid. I'm going to open a hole just for Jumu'ah. And necessity does not determine it or does not call for it. Allah Musta'an. You know, it's a very serious issue. But in the Muslim context, alhamdulillah, it doesn't happen like that. Because it's in the hand of the ministry of religion. Said so if needs goes to it, then of course they could do that. And they gave many, many examples. Like when Baghdad was opened up, the east and the west, they had different messages because of the distance. And it is preferred for the one that comes to Jumu'ah and Yaqtasil to do ghusl. Now, the Mu'allif, Rahimallah Ta'ala, he said, Yustahab, it is preferred. However, according to some other madhahib, like Madhab Imam Shafi'i, and even some of the Hanarbila, like Ibn Uthaymin, they say it's wajib. You cannot come to Jumu'ah except that you bath. It's not preferred. And they bring many ahadith on the ahadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. For monks, man ata Jumu'ah fal yaghtasil. Whoever comes to Jumu'ah, he has to bath. Fal yaghtasil. It's amr. Another hadith. Haqqun ala kulli muslim. 
It's a right or it's an obligation upon every single Muslim to bath on Yawm Jumu'ah. Another hadith, the Prophet said, Hakun ala kulli muhtalim. Ghusu Jumu'ah for wajibun ala kulli muhtalim. That the Ghusu Jumu'ah is obligatory upon every single mature person. So why do the scholars, some of them say it's yustahab? They say all these ahadith, they're authentic, but it, there's a hadith that takes it from the level of obligation to preferred. And that hadith is the hadith in which the Prophet said, Man atta Jumu'ah, whoever comes to Jumu'ah, and he bath, it's all well and good. And if he comes to Jumu'ah and he makes wudu, it's also all well and good, meaning there's a choice here. So how do we now complement between these two positions? The balance and the middle one, or the middle opinion, is Jumu'ah ghusul wajib, it's obligatory, they say, إِذَا طَالَ عَهْدَ الْمُسْلِمِ الْمَاءِ If the Muslim has gone for a prolonged period without bathing. Now, what is the measurement of this prolonged period? Seven days, according to the hadith of Prophet That whatever is not bathed for seven days. You understand? Even if you feel that, you know, you don't smell. Because they say, he either smells, even if it's one hour. If he smells, or he's gone for a long period, he has to bath. So if a person smells, even if he just bathed the day before, he has to bath for Jumu'ah. Oh, if he's gone for seven days. Meaning, he's gone for seven days, but he doesn't smell anything, according to him. I don't know how, but he doesn't smell anything, you know, and he's exhausted all the links, the axe, the brutes, whatever it is, all the spray. You understand? And he feels, you know what? I'm still, you know, as fresh as death, as they say. You know, he still has to bath on Jumu'ah. You know, he cannot drown himself in purpose and say, you know what? I smell nice. It still has to bath after seven days. So these are the one it's obligatory upon. But however, even those who's not obligatory upon, you stahabu. It is preferred for them to bath on Jumu'ah. And Wayelbis Thobain, Nodifain. She wear two clean thobe. You stahabu and yelbis salatu jumu'ah izaran warida and nodifain. It is preferred to wear, as they used to do in those days, izar and uh, Rida, upper and lower garment, which are clean, which he doesn't normally wear on any other day. So, for example, a person works, and you see this, alhamdulillah, when the workers there, even the ones that are paid low, you could tell on Jumu'ah, mashallah ta'ala, whatever it may be, the sawaqamis, the lungi, the, what do you call it, this uh, rap, the other names, ma'wis, they went on Jumu'ah, you could tell, they're shiny, you think, mashallah, the same guy from Baladi, on Jumu'ah, you won't recognize it. They have, even if it's a sawaqamis, you know that sawaq kameez is just for Jumu'ah only. So likewise, you have a clothes which is especially for Salati at Jumu'ah or Yawm Jumu'ah for that particular day. And also from the Sunnah, is siwak, to go to the masjid with miswak, to wear perfume to Jumu'ah, and uh, the best of your clothing, as mentioned before. And also it says, وَيُسْتَحَبْ كَذَلِكَ التَّبْكِيرِ It is preferred, likewise, for a person to go Early because of the hadith of the Prophet in which the Prophet said, whoever gets to the Jumu'ah, he should, whoever gets to the Jumu'ah in the first hour. Jayid, what's the first hour? What's the hadith? If he gets to the Jumu'ah the first hour, it's like a sacrifice to what? A camel. It's like he sacrificed a camel. The first hour of Jumu'ah, it begins after the sunrise. So what time is the sun? What's the sunrise time now? 5.45, I think. Almost six, right? So if you want to catch the first hour of Jumu'ah, you should be in the masjid at 6 a.m. It's like you sacrifice a camel. 
And that's why I mentioned that some of the ulama say waktu Jumu'ah, the time of Salat Jumu'ah is when? The time of Eid. Because some of the Sahaba, radiallahu anhu, tabi'in, they used to get to the masjid at that time. And I think, subhanAllah, until I lived in Saudiya, in Jeddah. My children used to go for tahfiz in the morning on Fridays. So they'll finish about 8 or 9 in the morning, I'll go and pick them up. And I used to find people already there for Jumu'ah when I go and pick them up. And there's one of the Tullab al-Ilm from uh, Jezan. He used to impress me a lot, subhanAllah. He said, Abu Hassan, his name was Abu Hassan. He's become a very lazy man. Even if he gets to Jumu'ah, 11, he said, Wallahi, before I got married, I used to be Jumu'ah, the first hour of Jumu'ah. The first hour, which is Shuruq. So that's hours before. And whatever gets there, the second hour is like a sacrifice of what? A cow. So the second hour will be the hour after that now. And whoever gets there is the third hour? A what? Sheep. The fourth hour? Chicken. And the fifth hour? Egg. And after the sixth hour, the malaika, they close the box. Khalas. Jayid? No reward for that. So it's tabkir. To get to the Jumu'ah early is something which is preferred. And it's a sunnah, strong sunnah. Then he says... فَإِذَا خَرَجَ الْإِمَامِ عَفْوًا And then he went on to mention that from the sunnah likewise is when he comes in fact obligatory that when he comes for salah to Jumu'ah is لا يجوز الكلام It's not permissible for him to speak while the khutbah to Jumu'ah is going on فَإِذَا خَرَجُ عَفْوًا وَلَا يَجُوزِ الْكَلَامُ وَالْإِمَامِ يَخْطُبُ It's not permissible for him to speak and the imam is giving the khutbah. Because the hadith Abu Hurairah رضي الله عنه in which the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said إِذَا قُلْتَ لِصَاحِبِكَ أَنْصِتْ يَوْمُ الْجُمَعَةِ وَالْإِمَامِ يَخْطُبُ فَقَدْ لَغَوْتِ Even if he was to order something so good, like the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said in this hadith, if he was to say to a person who's next to your companion on the day of Jumu'ah, You've engaged in vain on unnecessary talk. And a person that does that does not get the reward of Jumu'ah. He gets the reward of Duhur. That's it. It's like he's prayed Duhur. He still prays Raka'atayn, but he gets the reward of Duhur. And subhanAllah, it's so shocking that when we first started to try and practice Islam in the West, that many a time this rule was abided by. You'll not find anyone talking at all. At all, at all, at all. And then sometimes you go to different parts of the world, you find people, even the khutbah they're talking. Some people on their mobile phone, you know? Children, I don't want to say children, people that have reached the age of maturity, 12 years old, six, uh, 16. They're talking and nobody, لا ينكر أحد, nobody says anything or even does anything. They're just talking in the masjid. And they get the reward of dhuhr, not the reward of al-jumu'ah. So speaking, even if you're ordering that which is good. And they went as far as saying, لَغَوْتَ, you've even done vain action that go against you, Jumu'ah. Even if you was to come to the masjid with a stick, you need it, like a cane. And in the Jumu'ah, you're playing with it. Lagot, get the word of the Lord. They say, even the miswak, which is a sunnah, you sit there in the khutbah, you're doing this, your miswak. Lagot, you get the word of the Lord. So imagine this, walking stick, miswak. What about somebody playing with his thing, the whole Jumu'ah, like this? And then like this? Or in our time today in Jumu'ah, mobile phone. Shocking. Some people are playing, what's that game called? Mine, whatever it's called, Minecraft, in Jumu'ah. Seriously. 
Some people are texting in Jumu'ah. I've been to the Haram, people are doing tawaf, you know tawaf, or before salah. Yeah? People are doing selfies. They're doing selfies. Even the time of Jumu'ah, people are doing selfies. So imagine that. Miswak, you can't play. And the time of Jumu'ah, you're doing selfies? Some people, subhanAllah, and it destroys the Atta'ibad, wallahi. There needs to be a whole separate khutbah on the issue of this mobile phone, wallahi musibah. This technology, big, massive problem. That even acts of ibadah, place you should be doing this yourself, Allah, it destroys it. You know, you have people who say, okay, hold on, one second, one second, one second. Take now, take now. So what's the dua? Oh, hold on. Take now. Subhanallah. So in Jumu'ah, people on mobile phones, lahout. So it's, it's the issue, listen to the Imam, because the purpose of the thing come to the khutbah is what? Fas'au ila dhikrillah. Come to remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fala tajuz al-kalam. It is not permissible, unless necessity deems it so. For example, the Imam or the khatib is speaking to him, ask him a question, could answer. Or if it's a person that has to control the crowd, like in the haram, for example, they have to speak sometimes. You can't, and the khutbah is going on, but not the guards, not the security guard. But if you have to speak, you have to speak. And even the movement is not permissible, except for someone with necessity is recording, is in charge of the sound system, for example. Or he has to make sure something is good. He can move around and fix things. But other than that, no one other than these people should be moving or should be speaking during the khutbah to Jumu'ah. And if time permits, inshallah ta'ala, we're going to many evidences in time of the Salaf, in time of the Sahaba, that people will speak. In the Jumu'ah, if the Imam asks him a question, or if the Imam makes a mistake that seriously changes the meaning of the Quran, you're allowed to correct him in the khutbah to Jumu'ah for the Muslim. He reads the ayah completely wrong, changes the meaning, not a little mistake. You could correct him in the Jumu'ah. Subhanakallah, alhamdulillah, shadwan la ilaha anta astaghfirullah.